Welcome to The Great Indoors. And today, for the final time, we're bringing you the show from Barcelona, Spain. Yes, this is MWC 2023, and it's almost the end of this series. Um, and what a week, what a week. The 98,000 people from across the industry and the world here to take part in, without any doubt, the biggest telecoms and technology show on the planet. It's been quite a journey, and it feels incredible to have finally crossed the Atlantic as the GSMA's official podcast sponsor for this unique show. So we're finishing off the week here in an amazing recording facility on the jaw-dropping Amdocs booth, recording some fascinating conversations with the industry's biggest names. Over this season, I've been joined by customers, analysts, partners, and Amdocs executives as we explore their stories and perspectives. As ever, I'm joined by my co-pilot and producer Larissa Yee as we finalize this 11 episodes now from the show. And in this episode, the, the finale, I sit down with three guests, two of which I have had the, the pleasure of having on the show before. Uh, first up is Laura Dewar, and Laura is the Chief Marketing Officer at the GSMA. Uh, and thank you, Laura, for allowing us to, to come to the show. But I love speaking with Laura, and, and we discuss the importance of bringing a diversity of voices to the table and how it benefits everyone within the tech ecosystem. We also discuss some of the key trends that we have seen at this year's show. The next up is the quite marvelous and charismatic Gillian Kaplan and Sandro Tavares. Now, Gillian is the uh, telecom and 5G thought leadership at Dell Technologies. And Sandro is the director of telecom solutions marketing at Dell Technologies. And we talk about the value of collaboration and how a variety of players need to work together to bring the latest and greatest technology to consumers. We also discuss beer, one of my favorite topics, and how 5G is helping a Boston brewery make the best beer imaginable. We never prophesized about that 5G use case before, but what a way to finish this season. So let's get started. So here we are, MWC 2023, the final day, the final countdown here in beautiful Barcelona. And I'm honored, excited uh, to welcome our next guest, Laura Dewar, the Chief Marketing Officer of the GM GSMA, who for our listeners has, has been on the show before in Las Vegas. So Laura, welcome back to The Great Indoors. Thank you so much for having me. It's and great thanks to have for you being back. in Barcelona. Thank you, Amdocs, for being here. Your booth is beautiful, and I hope you've had a wildly successful week. We have. We've had an incredible week. Just everything that's happened has been exceptional, has been amazing, and it's great to see the show back in full swing. It, it's, how do you feel about it from a, a GSMA perspective? And congratulations, what a wonderful event you've, you've put on this year. Thank you. 2023 feels like the stories I hear about the good old days. Yeah. And uh, it feels like the work, the journey back over the last two years, this makes everything worth it yeah. to people like Amdocs who have stood by the show and all the other partners and, and contributors to this. Thank you so much. This yeah. moment makes it worth it. I have learned so much this week and been completely inspired by things in a in a range, you know, from looking at literally tomorrow's technology through to 
amazing branding that I've witnessed, experiential elements on the booths and inspired speakers across all of our platforms. It's been, it's exceeded our expectations. It's been uplifting. Yes. Right? I feel positively uplifted. And what would you say is sort of your top three takeaways this year? Apart from the fact, obviously, that it's been great. We're in Barcelona. Everything's been fantastic. But from a sort of forward-looking technology perspective, what, what are your three takeaways, would you say? So I have a couple of that of observations maybe that I've made that have been a little bit revelatory to me. So one is I have witnessed this year for the first time, I've been in the mobile sector for three years. Right. So seeing this show with its depth and breadth, I have seen elements of how the core ecosystem or how the core works with the ecosystem in a more profound way. So I've seen a vendor booth, and then I've seen that vendor represented on someone else's booth because maybe they're a component yeah, of something yeah, else. Yeah. And then I've seen that, that vendor sponsor something. So the way that people are representing themselves at the show and even how they're represented by others, that, that notion of partnership has been very, very evident. Yeah. And I think we're going to see more of that. Matt's, our director general, likes to say it takes three to tango. We all know all the verticals are blurred now. It's hard to tell who's a technology company versus yeah. a something else. And I think we'll bring out more evidence of that in the coming years. Yes. For us, diversity has been an important element. So the way we've represented our keynote stage, the way that we've told stories on our platforms have all been leading to sustainability, diversity of thought, bringing both sides of the debate, the debate to the house, and then really important elements like the number of female speakers. Diversity will continue to be a growth area for us because we recognize the benefit that it brings to the entire ecosystem. And I think the third thing that I recognized was that we, we had a new program this year called the Young Leaders Summit. It was brought to us in partnership by Brunswick. So it was a program yesterday morning and I think there's more room for that. I think the show has the exhibition, which is mature. We've got the thought leaders on stage, so there's diversity represented there. We've got D for T, we've got four years from now. The layer that's been missing for me is, what's, where's that youth element? Where's yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. if we're gonna be tomorrow's technology today, yeah. where, where, where is that thought that's gonna keep pushing the edges of that? And you have children, Matt, I know, because you've shared that I mm. have children of a certain age. and. I find that generation is asking bolder questions. They're a little bit impatient that some things have taken you know, older generations longer to figure out. I think having that voice here is really important, so I'd like to expand that program if yeah. I'm allowed to do that. That's wonderful, really wonderful. That's incredible. And how do you, like we talked about it right at the beginning, MWC in Barcelona is back to full swing. Like you said, it feels like the good old days. It's inspirational, it's uplifting, we feel uplifted and energized. How do you think the pandemic and some of the other crises that have happened in the last two years have helped shape this event and make it feel so positive? So the GSMA is a global organization. That means that we have a lot of voices represented at the table and we are believers that that is very, very important. So in this very fragmented world, with you're right, the pandemic and healing from that on top of it. Uh, we think that technology is a unifier, that 
that getting this group of people together and talking about how we can use it to go forward and then bringing along the elements or the the elements of the conversation that make sure that this responsibility that we have with technology and digitalization doesn't leave anybody behind mm -hmm. is incredibly important. So we focus on what unifies us rather than what fractures us. Yes. And I think that's been part of the buoyancy that you have felt is everybody's all in on that this yeah. year. And maybe because there's still a recognition that in the two years that we weren't allowed to get together, those things suffered. Yeah. And I tell you, and I think we spoke about this in, in Las Vegas, and I think it's, it's got bigger. I think it's, it's more profound. And I think given those crises that we've felt, given everything that's happened in this world, I think technology is no longer just technology for the sake of technology and features and functions and dimes and dollars. We're doing something good here for humanity. I feel that. I don't want to get a little too soppy, but it's true. What we're doing here is benefiting the, the world at large in, in, in every capacity. Do you feel that? Absolutely, I, and I totally get what you mean. I mean, you don't want to overstate it and sound like you're spiritualizing something that yeah. is technical, but, but it's absolutely the truth. It, there is lots of evidence of that on the show floor. When you look especially at how we've expanded beyond the core, so beyond mobile, yeah. and when you look around and you see agriculture represented, manufacturing is represented, healthcare is represented, transportation, there are ways that technology is being used to benefit humanity. Yeah. You know, whether that's um, reducing carbon emissions or creating mobility for someone that doesn't otherwise have it. Yes. I mean, the breadth is incredible yeah. to comprehend. And, and it's really hard to take it all in. There's eight yeah. full halls here this week. Yeah. 200,000 square meters of stuff to stimulate creativity and imagination. But I'm completely with you. I've heard so much of that kind of thing this, this week. It's been really inspiring. Yeah, it seems like, you know, on every booth, there is a story, a positive story uh, that I've never seen before. In my 15 years of coming to this show, this just unifying desire from everybody to make the world a better place. I mean, it, it sounds poetic in, in many respects. And I had Ernest Koo, the CEO of Globe, join us this week. And, and what really stood out for me was his driving factor for everything they do as a service provider is to make life better for the people of the Philippines. So you, you must have seen, like you said, hundreds of examples of that this week. Which one has really stood out for you, do you think? If you had to pick one, and I know that's difficult. That is actually a difficult thing to think about. What's the one thing? I, I got to spend time with a, group, a company called Human IT Care yesterday, in yeah. four years from now. They won the Four Years From Now Award last year, which gave them investment into their company. Yeah. And their company focuses on healthcare and diagnostics yeah. and doing that earlier and more remotely. I find those kinds of things, maybe because healthcare has been so top of mind. I mean, yeah. it, it already is for humans in general, but the pandemic has put it front and center. And so people who are operating in that healthcare space and making making conditions easier to live with or making diagnosis that much earlier in the process, moving care back to home environments, all of that sort of thing, just wow. Yeah, yeah. It is, it, it's incredible and long may it continue. Now from a GSMA perspective, we're already thinking about Las Vegas. Barcelona's been a phenomenal success again. It's great to be back here. What else is on, what else is cooking from the GSMA perspective? So we will do, so Barcelona sets the tone 
for literally everything over the course of the year. That's why it's held early in the year. So we will see Velocity and the five other kind of speaking tracks carry out across the MWC series. So next up for us will be Shanghai, actually, in June. So we've only recently announced that we'll be back there with okay. China's borders Excellent. opening. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. China's an important marketplace, a lot of innovation, a lot of maturity around 5G. So we're going to be delighted to be back with our friends in China and in that region. After that, we've got MWC Las Vegas, yep. which will be our second edition in that lovely city. And yes. so we're looking forward to growing that event. And then after that, we will have MWC Africa, which will be in Gagali. Ah, wow. Okay, and I didn't know about this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also our second uh, event okay, in right. Gagali. And that event is hugely important because the... Uh, issues that get discussed in Africa are somewhat unique given that market, given yeah. its maturity, given the opportunities that, that are represented for us there. So that's what will be on the agenda. And then interspersed with the MWC events will be the M360 series, mm -hmm. which tend to be re more regional events. So yes. they represent very specific issues that are important in a region or in a city, and those will be interspersed throughout the year. And then, of course, there's no rest for us. Uh, by next week, we'll be already talking about MWC 2024, what we've learned this year and what we need to maybe correct a little bit right. and or what do we do, need to do more of and, and what are the things that we collectively heard and so need to bring to the stages next year. But how do you beat this? How do we beat it? Yeah. I don't know. That's like my boss isn't going to listen to this. <laughs> um, I, think, I think we started something really unique on the keynote stage that I'm super proud of. Keynotes one and two were really reflective of storytelling. In the past, what we've done is we invite a speaker, they bring their expertise, and they talk for eight to ten minutes, and then the next topic could be very different, and then the topic after that might be very different again. Instead, in those, we decided to pick a topic for the speakers and ask them to contribute uh, to a yes, conversation. Yes, yes, yes. I'd really like to see more of that. I think yeah. it's far more engaging for the audience. Yes. The other thing that we did is uh, one of the important debates that is going on in Europe is this notion of, for sh of fair share. And we brought that to the main stage. So we had mobile operators talking about their point of view, and then we had some of the OTT players talking about their points of view. Mm -hmm. I think we need to be known for bringing those debates yes. to the stage and, yeah, yeah. and letting those dialogues kind of linger, and I'd like to do a lot more of that. Well, no, and I, look, I, I echo that because, you know, the, the, the ethos of this podcast is conversation. We don't script anything. We don't there's no agendas we're just interested in getting that conversation and debate so to harness that at a bigger level on the stage is phenomenal it's, it's really great i'm a big believer that as long as we're still in dialogue we have the opportunity to influence one another yes and this notion that is circulating around us around cancel culture and people not being able to voice their opinions i mean we just have to be a beacon in the middle of that to say no 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 all the opinions are welcome here yeah let's have a respectful conversation be because we know that that will lead us to better answers to the biggest challenges really yeah. that the globe is facing. Now on all the, the main stages, on, on all the keynotes you've had, which ones have, have stood out for you? Which ones have made you think, wow? If, if you had to just recall one of them. Mm. 
I am really inspired by the GSMA's chairman, the CEO yeah. of uh, Telefonica, Jose Maria. Yeah. And the way he represented and shared with us the idea of Open Gateway, which is a GSMA initiative, I thought was right. really compelling. He is highly collaborative, very much championing this, this idea of Open Gateway. Mm -hmm. Telefonica's made a big investment in it, and I thought the way that he told and shared that story and that strategy and that investment was very compelling. And the other thing is that I got to meet this year um, Tim Hotkiss right. from Deutsche Telekom. And I had been told that he was, you know, uh, that he could be a provocative speaker, that he was very upfront and direct in his communication style. And I thought he gave a fantastic presentation that came at the notion of fair share from a slightly different perspective but delivered in a way that as a person who would like to develop in her own speaking skills, I learned from his style and his presence and, and the content and how he brought it, how wow. he brought it to life. That's brilliant, that's brilliant. Now we're in Barcelona. It's my personal first time back in Barcelona for I think about five years. How do you think Barcelona's helped shape the identity of MWC as a city, culturally? I think that First of all, and foundationally, we enjoy a partnership here that is not like anything else I think that can be created. Yeah. It's a private-public partnership that very much engages local government. So we have, um, you know, if I were to speak in Canadian terms, because you live in Canada now yeah. and I'm from there originally, that we have local support, kind of provincial uh, territory support, and then we also have national support. And all layers of government are very involved in technology and see the, di the, the future is digital. So that's a fantastic foundation. I think Barcelona itself has become synonymous with the event because the people of Barcelona really welcome us, like yeah. sincerely welcome us. So the hospitality that we experience here is amazing. The culture, who doesn't love coming to a city with beautiful architecture, fantastic food, and just an outstanding kind of joie de vie that, yeah. that people in Barcelona have. I think the city is known for sunshine and its beach in the sea seaside that's right in the city. All of it is just a, a hugely integral part. Barcelona, it's hard to think that there could ever be another place I, that so could that, host us. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's become synonymous. And I think the fact that so many people are, are drawn to this event because of Barcelona as the destination uh, just makes it so special, doesn't it? It's almost... It just goes hand in hand, like you said, a really great partnership. I couldn't imagine anywhere else. Yeah, and I will also say that weathering the last couple of years and that devastating moment when the organization had to cancel the 2020 event, I mean, at the time, we didn't even know about COVID. We were calling things coronavirus. It yeah, was still quite yeah. mysterious. We didn't know whose border it would show up on next. Great partnership is crucial to put together and deliver an event like this. It's absolutely essential in a moment yeah. when there's a global pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And so the way that we worked together to bring this this event back has been very, very special. The commitment from Barcelona and from the GSMA towards each other has been very, very special. Yeah. And in a moment when there wasn't a playbook for leadership on how to do things, we were figuring things out together. 
And um, yeah, it's a very special partnership that we enjoy here. Yeah. And you're right, it has become synonymous. I mean, I hear people say all the time, are you going to Barcelona? They don't yeah, even yeah. say Madden WC. <laughs> it's true, it's yeah. true. Even even in Canada, yeah. if you just <laughs> speak to someone, I'm going to Barcelona. Oh, so you're going to MWC, but you say Barcelona first, yeah. and that, that association yeah. comes straight with it, doesn't Amazing. it? Amazing. It's really, really incredible. <laughs> now, switching gears into some of the more technical aspects, I think whenever we come to this show, we come away with you know one technical thought in our heads. If we turn the clock back 12 months, it was the metaverse was the big sort of hype topic. From, from your perspective, what's the sort of big technical or technological theme that has come out of this, this show this year? Well, selfishly, I sure hope it's Open Gateway, this right. idea of working together to create common um, platforms going forward, this use of APIs uh, so that Web3 can become a reality in a way where mobile, which is necessary to as the infrastructure to bring it to the consumer, works together with all of the other players, but most importantly, the developers, to say how are we all working together in order to bring the next cool generation of things to consumers. Yeah, and that collaboration, I, I, we've talked about this in Las Vegas. The collaboration we saw back then we said, we've never seen so much collaboration between different companies, different partners, even competitors collaborating to some extent, and even more so this week. I, I think the GSMA plays a big part in allowing or enabling that collaboration. Don't you agree? Oh, I so like that you said that because, yes, I think so. I think um, the, the GSMA, because it's a member organization, can bring together the thinking of that membership group to influence the development of this this event first of all. Yeah. So we get all this you know feedback from that group, uh, which helps of course inform our thinking and our planning. But also that group, because they're members, maybe there's something about working together that even where they are competitors feels less less threatening. Yeah. But we'd like to think that we're engendering that. I, I think there's also a change in the world. I think in some places things are becoming acutely fractured, and in other places there's opposite thinking that says we need to have generosity towards each other, and there's a recognition that working the way we used to. I mean, I, I remember when I started work, verticals were nice and neat and tidy. Yeah. And nothing is neat and tidy anymore. No, exactly. And the more we're willing and able to embrace a blend or that conversation, yeah. we're realizing that we can create new things that we never would have thought of. Exactly. And creating maybe new verticals or sectors or yeah. just blurring the lines even further. We can't do anything on our own. Nope. We can't. It needs that cross-collaboration, cross that ecosystem, the conversation that we spoke about earlier to, to, to make the world a better place, again, sounding a bit poetic, but it's true. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that we risk sounding poetic at the moment because it's still very fresh for us. When we came here last year, I remember the December before that there was a new variant of COVID. Yes. I mean, we yeah. all held our breath for a second, yeah. thinking, are we still in, a, in an environment where we're going to have to be at a ton of restrictions or a, a possible not being able to do this or whole countries being left out. So in 22, we were still limping a bit, you know, yeah. social distancing, lots of mask wearing. China was still closed. 
this year we now benefit from the goodwill or the anticipation of a lot of that coming off. Yeah. And I think a huge recognition that technology and connectivity has enabled us to continue to get things done, but to create, we need to be together. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful. Now, where do you think we'll be 12 months from now? I think, well, it's hard to imagine bigger, isn't it? Because I think the numbers, when we see them published later today, are going to beat our previous predictions and expectations. I think as we're anecdotally talking to exhibitors, like I said earlier, we're hearing everybody say that the numbers are already beating pre-pandemic levels or KPIs, however they measure success at the show. 12 months from now, I hope that we have evidence of open gateway becoming reality. So we had eight APIs that were available for demonstration this year. I hope that becomes its own little ecosystem. So from a GSMA perspective, we had 21 signatories of mobile operators. We're now bringing other people into the fold. Yeah. I hope that we've got uh, demonstrative evidence that that is advancing in a very, very real way. So hopefully that conversation matures. I hope that diversity becomes uh, even deepened at the show so that we represent it in ways that we maybe haven't this year. And I just think that's not a trend. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to become part of the culture heartbeat of our organizations, but oh, also this event. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Laura, it's been great having you on and, and having this conversation. You know what comes next, don't you? Remember the TGI to go? <laughs> is this the rapid fire question section? This is section? the rapid fire round. Are you ready? It's, it's, it's got a special Barcelona edge to Fantastic. it this year. So if you're ready, let's do TGI to go. TGI to go. Now, you've spent over a week, I imagine, here in the city, but you have a day off. Do you go to the Picasso Museum or the Gaudi Park? I go to the Picasso Museum. I haven't been there yet. Ah, right. It's nice. Is it? It's good. Okay, well, that's something to do. I rarely get a day off in Barcelona, but I would love to. You must get a day off tomorrow, surely. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll have a couple of hours before I fly home. Okay, well then, you can check that out. Perfect. Now, you've been here, like I said. Would you rather have paella or tapas? Tapas. Every single day. Yeah. I love that style of eating. Yeah. It's so like fun. You're with friends, you put a bunch of food in the middle of the table, you all linger over some nice wine and some tapas, yeah. it's lovely. It's the perfect food for this it event, is. isn't it? It absolutely you is. Just, you can just chill out yeah. and, and... And you eat at weird times when yeah. you're attending MWC. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's perfect portions as well. So if you were going to go out, we had a great party actually on Tuesday night, the Amdocs party was uh, mind-blowing, it was really fantastic. But if you were at a party tonight, would you be singing or dancing? Dancing. Really? Well, uh, truthfully, I'd be doing both. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I suppose I'm at a stage of life where I think we don't get quite in, we don't get invited to quite enough things anymore when we get mm-hmm. to dance. Yeah. And it's quite euphoric. It is, and you know, <laughs> we had Kyan Krippendorf on the show, the writer, <laughs> and I asked him the same question, and he said dancing, and I said why? He said. People don't realize how good it is for your mental acuity if you just dance. I follow a couple of psychologists on Instagram, you know, as one does to get educated in 30 second snippets. 
And apparently, it's also a good way of dealing with stress and anxiety. Yeah. That in certain ways, if you move your body, it releases all that tension. It's really yeah. healthy for you. Yeah. I didn't dance on Tuesday night. I was with too many colleagues. So <laughs> There's I saved too. them from that. I saved them from that. <laughs> um, if you had to go on a trip, a vacation, would you choose Las Vegas or Shanghai? Shanghai. Oh. Because I haven't been there yet. Oh, okay. I love going back to North America as a Canadian. I take every opportunity I can, but I am looking forward to Shanghai. I've talked to some uh, colleagues from China this week, and I think that I'll have a lot of good advice on what to see and do. Yeah. I'll be in very good hands. Very wow. much looking forward to that. Awesome. And how many people do you expect in Shanghai? Oh, I don't think we're yet making an est uh, a prediction on that. Yeah. Because we have some details to sort out, like who will exhibit, etc. Yeah. We've only recently uh, put together a press release. The wonderful news is we have great support from each of the three big mobile operators there. Yeah. And a couple of manufacturers. So um, early signals are very, very positive, but too early to make that prediction. Okay. But I wish you well with it. Good luck with Thank it. You. And it's great that it's open and it's back, oh my right, gosh. With, the, with the restrictions there. Yeah, the world yeah. needs to be an open place. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you're going for dinner tonight for tapas near the Picasso Museum. Would you take Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg as your dinner guest? <laughs> oh, wow, that is a tough question. I think I might take Elon Musk just because he's so particularly provocative. Wouldn't you just love to have a conversation with him and understand what's what's going on what, what and, and how he sees the future? I, I think in spite of some extremely controversial things that he's recently said that I couldn't possibly support. Yes. You know, he's one of the great thinkers of our time. And when I, when I think about, you know, that question that you always get asked, if you had a dinner party, who would you invite? <laughs> He'd be a great person at the table. He would. He's the ultimate forward thought leader, right? Yes. He's thinking about colonization on Mars. I heard that on the news this morning, him talking about the population that it could support versus Earth. So, you know, some very interesting thinking that goes on. Wonderful. Well, there's TGI to go. Thank you very much for your insights, uh, Lara. And I just want to say a real pleasure and honor to have you back here. And, and thank you to the GSMA for all you've done this week and for Amdocs. Uh, it's been incredible. It's been really wonderful and long may it continue. Now, yes. for our listeners, do you have any last thoughts that you would just like to leave them with? Just that if you miss this year, you have to come next year. This is not a mobile event. This is yeah. an event where we're talking to futurists and uh, business ventures and newcomers to the marketplace and and, and all the people, like I said, from agriculture through to transport, to the consulting, to healthcare, th this is the place to be if you want to know what's happening in the world of technology and digital and digital everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please come and join Brilliant. us. Brilliant. Well, thank you again, Laura. It's a pleasure to have you back. Pleasure to have you here. Thank you once again. And we'll see you in Las Vegas. See you in Vegas. A real pleasure to be here. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you. Okay, so my next guest here, MWC 2023 in Barcelona. Uh, it's great to welcome back to the great indoors. We met her in Las Vegas, Gillian Kaplan, who's Telecom and 5G Thought Leadership at Dell Technologies. Welcome back, Gillian. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. I want one of those, like, you know what SNL, 
where they do like a two-timer, three-timer. Yeah. You guys need to like start that program here. We do. We've got a couple of two-timers. We've never had a three-timer. Well, I'm up for it. All right, let's get, let's get that <laughs> sorted. And also, Sandro Tavares, who's the Director of Telecom uh, Solution Marketing at Dial Technologies. So welcome as well, Sandro. Thank you very much. Really happy yeah. to be here as yeah. a first-timer. <laughs> as a first-timer, yeah. yeah. So we'll get going, and, and obviously we've spoken before, and, and we, we partner on a number of things. But before we get into the, the, the real heart of the conversation, what is it you've seen at the show so far? I know we're only on day two, but in the last couple of days, as far as tech for good, have you got anything that you saw that you thought, wow, that's really cool? I feel like I've seen a lot of things come to life. Right, and there's a big focus on sustainability and green, and I think that's incredibly important. I think, you know, in the years past, there was a lot of talk, and I see a lot more in action here now, which is really exciting and where I think, like, the future of good comes when we start to put what we're thinking and what we're saying into yeah. the doing. Cool. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the point about sustainability. I think that what we're seeing here this year is that, well, sustainability, the sustainability discussion getting much deeper than just, oh yeah, we have these box that will consume less energy, but actually how we use technology as a whole, things like automation and so on, to really drive sustainability yeah. in a longer term, right? So yeah. to basically change the direction of the industry to be more sustainable in the long term, not just a one-off step towards consuming less power, which is important, but that's not all. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And of course, I mean, the other part that I'm really excited about and always excited about is seeing technology applied to education, right? So right. it's yes. becoming more and more important. The world is transforming, society is transforming, so education is going to be key for us to succeed. And seeing good examples of that here at the show floor is always very, very uh, encouraging, right? So, oh, excellent. excellent. Yeah. I concur as well uh, uh, with, with all of that. It's, it's really great to see it from a sustainability and, and an educational perspective. It's yeah. fantastic. But tell us a little bit about your role. We'll start with you, Sandro, your role and your background at Dell, just to give us an introduction uh, for our listeners, because you're a one-timer, as, sure, as, it, as yeah. it were. Yeah, so uh, I joined Dell back in 2021. Okay. Uh, so together with like a bunch of guys that Dell was bringing in uh, as part of the telecom industry as the, the step towards uh, executing the renewed telecom strategy that we have. Well, before Dell, I was with Nokia for 19 years. So wow. I've been like a, a telecom junkie for yeah. quite a long time, basically my entire career. Right. Uh, and here at Dell, I, I joined to lead the, the telecom uh, product marketing team. So okay. we put together a team that's really focusing on, of course, promoting our, our telecom solutions and really helping position Dell as a significant player in the telecom in the telecom arena, so it's been Excellent. a been an exciting ride so far. Excellent. Yeah. And Julian, to remind our avid listeners of your background, give us a, a, an intro on yourself and, and your history. I am also a telecom junkie. Um, so I came from Verizon. I've been at Dell since 2018. I, I was at Verizon for about 14 years before I came to Dell. Various roles from engineering to product management to marketing. Um, and I started at Dell in a more, uh, I'll say, like, 
focused product marketing role working on telecom launches and have transitioned into this thought leadership role, um, which has been really exciting because I have a lot of leeway to kind of figure out like what our solutions and products really can do for human progress and what they can actually mean. So that's that's my focus. And I when I focus on thought leadership, what I try to do is really like understand what's actually achievable in the near future. So that's how I see it is like, what can we do with what we have soon, not, you know, 10 years from yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, well that's cool. And that leads me into my next question or the next discussion point. We're mutual partners of the 5G oil, yep. right? Which is doing some pretty good stuff up there in Seattle. But also, and I think these things come to life at show, particularly at this show. So for many, many years, We've speculated, thought leadership eyes, prophesized about that future, the future use cases. And most of it driven by 5G or driven by the technologies that coalesce around 5G. So what are you seeing come to life now from something that maybe we predicted two, three years ago? I'll start with you, Gillian. I think that it's all about sort of putting this stuff into play when we talk about, you know, I'll say like old school IoT, right, is becoming like the the new edge business and these edge solutions and actually having the data at the source and being able to simplify. I think a lot of times when we think of these like big solutions, we think of things that are millions and millions of dollars and really complicated and you need an entire IT team. But I love that things are becoming more simple. And I think especially with like the startups that the 5G Open Innovation Lab has, that even becomes more and more clear because they're willing to sort of take the risks and figure it out yeah. without having to build some massive solution. So yeah. we've been working with them on a solution we'll, we'll talk about, yeah. but yeah. it's been very exciting to see that stuff come to life and being able to work on sort of figuring things out from from nothing, right? Yeah. Build, building something from nothing. Sandra, do you want to add something? Yeah, that? No, I fully agree. So for me, up to now, there has been a little bit of a disconnect in the industry where, of course, we're all talking about 5G industrial applications and IoT in general. The big companies, the big players have been looking into really massive use cases. So. Everyone that is listening probably already had a couple, well, heard a couple of times about, oh yeah, an industrial automation in a major uh, auto manufacturer case or like a big port operation. This is all great, right? Uh, but there are just so many of these cases. And on the other side, I've been seeing like for years now, lots of like, as Gillian pointed out, like smaller companies coming up with very practical applications of these technologies mm -hmm. to solve like situations and to solve problems of different industries that basically happen day to day and in companies of all sizes. There was this kind of a gap between that. So like the companies that can actually take this to the market were looking into use cases that were much more complex than actually what the grassroots movement was was bringing up and now i'm seeing these connections starting to happen yeah and that makes me uh really uh positive it gets me really positive about the next steps because bottom line is what 5g can bring in terms of benefits will not only apply to major enterprises 
to huge manufacturing groups. This is also for the smaller companies, for the smaller entrepreneurs that are out there uh, innovating yeah. and basically serving us every day. So this connection is very important and I'm really happy to see that this is starting to happen. Yeah. Well, I think what, I, I think what I've noticed and it just reinforces the 5G oil. I think it was something we spoke about in Las Vegas as well, Gillian. With 5G and all the other, like I said, technologies that are coming on board at the same time, that need for collaboration, yeah. that need for ecosystem has never been more important in really bringing the whole 5G dream to a reality. And you think about 5G oil, and it was interesting, I had a conversation with the chief product officer from Verizon yesterday, and she said, we're building an ecosystem, and then we just want the market to guide us. Mm -hmm. Because I'm always pushing, well, where, you know, we've talked about driverless cars for years, where are they, Where's, where are all the things we speculated about? But it's a slightly different approach than just building technology for the sake of technology. Yeah. It's that collaboration, looking at the needs, and, and like you said, letting the invisible hand of, of, of the market uh, guide us. Really solving problems, right? Yes. Like if, if it's not a problem, don't build the technology yeah. to fix a problem that doesn't exist. And, and I think to add to that, it's a problem. Let's try and fix problems that fix some of the big things we have facing humanity, sure. as opposed to just maybe a problem in yeah. the balance sheet or in, my, uh, in the, in the P&L. Let's think about, like you talked about, sustainability. Let's think about how we improve education. Let's think about how we uh, improve healthcare. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that altruism, that tech for good that we started yeah. off with here, seems to be just inherent mm -hmm. in, in everything that we see now in this industry. Yeah. And I think that's, that's good. Right? Yeah, I mean, applied technology is very important, right? So, and, uh, I mean, most of us are engineers in this market, right? So we get excited about technology per se, which is great. I mean, that drives innovation, but we need to land the technology into something tangible and practical very fast. So yeah. we actually see the benefit of it. So yeah, driverless cars are great, but you know, there's a <laughs> lot of things that we can do way before that, yeah. that we should be doing now. Yeah. It's starting to happen, so it is refreshing to see. Brilliant. Now we're going to get on to um, something that you have on your booth, uh, a demo, and, and Gillian and I talked about this uh, this week, and that's what you did with the brewery, right? Please tell the story, Gillian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start it off. Did I notice correctly that you were wearing a T-shirt associated with that same yeah, brewery? Yeah, my Open Brew T-shirt. There That's you go. Our demo, open there you brew. go. All right. Uh, and and if you'd like to have a pour, come by the Dell booth this afternoon, and we will be pouring. There's so. there's beer on your booth. There is beer. Okay, yes. let's let's take a break right now, <laughs> and we'll be back uh, in a moment. But yeah. uh, yeah. there we go. So it actually this whole sort of relationship that we built started in 2020 when COVID first started. And I had uh, something just personal that I was working on helping local restaurants and local businesses like continue with their takeout business when everything was shut down. And I met this brewery, Exhibit A Brewing, in that time. And we started doing um, virtual tasting. So 
the one of the guys that works there is a Cicerone, which is basically a sommelier of beer. Right. And so people would go and they would get like this mix six pack of all their different beers and their beers are really delicious. And we would pair them with like cookies and all these fun things. And the guy would guide people through these virtual tastings from their home. It was something really fun to do. And I got to know them and what they did and their beer is amazing, but also they just have like really good values. They're a great company. They're very supportive of the local community that I live in. They're very like open and caring and just wonderful people. And so we were having a team offsite in uh, June 2020 um, locally to me. And we were looking for kind of a place to go do something at one night. And so wow. I reached out to them and said, hey, do you ever like rent the space out? And they were like, yeah, you know, we'd love to have you guys. Um, and so we rented the space out. And in the process, we got a tour of the brewery. And Sandro was on the tour. And he can, he can probably fill in what happened next, but they told us about like where they had problems in their brewing process. Right. It got your wheels yeah. turning. <laughs> and by the, by the way, it was the first time you'd been to this brewery. Yeah, it was the first time I was into this, yeah. to this brewery. So as Gillian pointed out, so it was kind of the evening program right. of our team offsite. And well, when you go to a brewery, what do you do besides drinking? You take a tour, right? Yeah. Uh, to get to know, Basically, how they how they make their beer and uh, what is the, their process and so on. We were going through all the steps of the process, and then they started telling us how, basically, how do they how at that point they were monitoring each step of the process, and then how things can can derail actually pretty fast. So, like for example, the thing that really caught my eye, he was saying that well, I mean if the temperature and pressure goes off in one of these barrels, basically we lose the whole batch. And those are like huge barrels, right? Yes. So that, that means uh, a financial impact that is significant, right? And uh, not only a financial impact, but I mean, it's wasted beer. That breaks my heart, <laughs> right? Well, I, I, yeah. the, the thought of it is, is terrifying. Yeah, right, it's terrifying, yeah. right? So and I saw this and thought, well, we can solve this problem, right? Mm -hmm. So I see, a, I see a direct application of something simple, right? So we can connect these barrels, we can monitor temperature and pressure and give them actually trends and information in real time of how things are going so they can act before disaster yeah. strikes, right? Because up to now, basically, they just had one guy with a piece of paper checking every now and then what was going on, and sometimes it was too late. Yeah. So I came back to the, to the table and I told Jillian that, hey, uh, I got an idea, which is usually what she tells me, <laughs> yeah. right? And, uh, and then here we are, right? We implemented a, a monitoring solution. I think that Jillian can talk more about that in details. And uh, they're pretty happy, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we, um, we started to sort of map it out uh, in November with our friends at the 5G Open Innovation Lab and one of the solutions architects on the Edge team to make sure that we brought in Telecom, Edge, and then the 5G Open Innovation Lab yeah. has access to a lot of like smaller vendors and the sensors, and they've, yeah. they've been amazing partners. And then we installed the solution in January last month, which was really cool. Like, I don't normally get to like crawl around on floors and wire things up, but it was really exciting. So we sensorized five of their big brewing containers 
we connected them up um, through an edge gateway, so the Dell Edge gateway, and the signal gets sent up to a telecloud, and then via 5G, we can figure out what's going on in the brewery anytime, anywhere in the world, including here in Barcelona. We are viewing the five vats of beer live, exactly right, what temperature wow. pressure is. And as Sandro said, now they can catch things in real time. So if something gets a little bit hot or a little bit cold or the pressure's off, they can fix it and figure out why it's happening instead of waiting until they have to dump it. Or another issue they have is they'll let it go. They're like, oh, it's not that off, they'll let it go. But the flavor gets off and then their customers aren't getting what they expect out of that. Yeah. And it's a craft brewer that's extremely important to them. They also don't have to have the guy with the clipboard walking around taking pictures of the yeah. things. We actually also gave them some um, edge tablets because they were having problems. Their computers weren't waterproof. So they were like getting beer. They, the guy had right. a bottle of alcohol that he was spraying the computers off with. So now they have ruggedized tablets that right. they can easily track and bring around as they need to. So it's more brilliant. to come, but it's been really but exciting. It, but it, again, and it reinforces a point we made earlier. This is a solution that was driven with the problem first, yep. mm -hmm. right? Rather than let's build this technology can do that could do X, Y, and Z. Without what you've done is you've seen the problem that could exist, and then pulled it back to this solution. So how's it being? I mean, obviously the beer, the people are enjoying the beer on, yeah. on, on the booth, but how's how's that story uh, being received here? Good. Actually, really well. Right, yeah. so I've been having well. Besides, like uh, the the demos that we're giving, I've been talking to customers and industry analysts. Well, since the event started, and everyone seems to concur that exactly that point that we just made. That yeah, we had these massive use cases, but the biggest opportunity for, I'll say, for the society is actually on these smaller ones. Yeah, right, yeah, so yeah. Uh, these things don't have to be complicated. Yeah. Right. So yeah, the story resonates a lot, and it opens up discussions on okay, but what other industries could benefit? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. other small businesses could benefit? Yeah, yeah, that? And yeah. how do you actually make these things affordable? Right. Because yeah, that's you... the only that's the other thing. It yeah. would not solve their problem if I if we came up with a solution that would cost them, you know, a million dollars to maintain, yeah, yeah, to yeah, run yeah, and yeah. maintain. This is yeah. actually pretty affordable. So. Yeah. Getting the technology in the hands of people that need this is should be the should be the objective of the industry, and uh, yeah, that's what we're here for. So it's about productizing it and then making it replicable, right? Exactly. And and are there any other breweries that potential? I mean, you, I don't want you to tell me what leads you have or, or what doesn't. <laughs> but are you seeing other interest in that? Yeah, in that vertical. a ton, a ton. And we've had a bunch of people come over and say, oh, well, I make juice, I make olive oil. Like, I could do this as well. Because we can use, if you're measuring something besides temperature and pressure, that's fine, we'll just get the sensors that measure what you want to measure, right? But it's the same concept. And the other thing about Exhibit A is that they don't have an IT department, right? They're like a staff of yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that we were able to do this without interrupting anything, right? We didn't, we, they couldn't, they can't take time away from brewing. They're a small brewery. They can't shut off at any point. And they don't need someone on site that, that can maintain it. It's extremely simple for them. I mean, they've said like it's revolutionized the way that they've been able to look at their yeah. business, which yeah. is huge. Um, and I love that like a big company like Dell is able to go and help smaller companies like this. It's like it's just a good, it's a good story, right? It's cool yeah. to like say, 
we're able to help, especially someone in my community that I know does a lot for the community in general. So. Yeah. And is there, are you already starting to think of a roadmap that takes that solution for them even further as far as any automation and some of the other things that we think about, or even introducing some AI into the, uh, into the system? So the canning line is next. We're gonna we're right. gonna work on the canning line because they've got issues where like there's a guy or a gal that has to stand there, and if like the cans get flipped off or they notice like a dent in one, they have to physically pull it off. So something around automation and AI and video monitoring so that they can get those things much easier. Their size isn't really conducive to building a private network, but maybe some of their farmers or hops growers. Yes. Might be, so that's like where I see the future. It's, it's cool and exciting to think about. And like I said, all this stuff is applicable to other industries, not just beer. We just happen to have the relationship no. with the beer people in this case, so that, that's where we went first. Well, yeah, the, and the canning yeah. line case is a good application for uh, video analytics as well, because one of the things that this person is doing there is basically looking around and seeing what's going on. So if we can actually use low-cost cameras and a video analytics algorithm that can be AI-powered, right, to monitor in real time what's going on and generate like the alarms and trigger uh, some, either automatically taking a can out of the line or trigger an alarm for someone to yeah. intervene, that that's, uh, optimizes their process quite a yeah. lot. And it is also like not a, not a huge cost. So. Well, I think, I think as well, like you said, applying that to other areas of agriculture or the food chain, again, it's tech for good. There's a it food is. crisis. There's a lot of waste. But, you know, and if, if we talk specifically about beer, I think saving beer is a very worthy cause <laughs> yeah, and tech yeah. for good. Uh, for me... No one's going to go against that. No one's yeah. going it's, 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 to... Yeah. It's truly beneficial to the world at large or, or particularly for most people I know. <laughs> but it's brilliant. It's it's um, it's fantastic. Now we're only in day two of the show. What are you either a looking forward to seeing, or b have seen already that's kind of made you think, "Wow, that's really cool." I'll say. Well, we we touched a little bit upon that already, right? But uh, I think that a renewed focus on actually getting the 5G benefits into action is something that I'm, I'm starting to see. Yeah. Honestly, I still need to walk more around, yeah. right? But I'm starting to see from the, from the discussions that I have that people are, we, we're kind of leaving that point where we're talking about theoretical benefits of 5G and yeah. then we got to, it's all the hype cycle, right? So we were talking about like the top of the hype cycle, oh, this is gonna change yeah. the world. Yeah. We reach the valley of despair where yeah. people are saying, oh yeah, but we're just doing mobile broadband. And now we're getting to kind of like the, let's say, what it should be in longer yeah. term, which yeah. is understanding the advantages, the challenges, and navigating through them. Yeah. So getting 5G into action seems to be one of the big th themes for the show. And I, I see that very positively. And, and that's, a, a, that's really the question I'm wanting to ask. And it's still too early. But whenever there's one of these, well, particularly Barcelona, there is that one theme, that thing that comes out of yeah. the show that you remember, mm -hmm. right? Now we talked about tech for good, and you talked about putting 5G into action, yeah. right? What do you think, Gillian? Because I'm gonna, and I'm, I'm gonna follow up with a question on, on something else that we haven't discussed, and I hope that's okay. Uh -huh. But what would you say so far, or what do you expect to be the sort of 
main overarching, most memorable thing that comes out of this show? So in transparency, I've been in the booth dealing with beer for the past three days, really. Right, yeah, um, yeah. So I haven't had a chance to walk around as much as I would have liked. But I am seeing a lot more put into action. Right, so it's a lot less theoretical. People are actually showing solutions that they've deployed, and that's really exciting, I think. I also see a lot more willingness to be open, I feel like, than in past, you know, it's, at, at Dell, our focus has always been on open partnerships and creating an open ecosystem. Yeah. And I think I've seen a little bit more of that openness throughout the rest of the industry as well, because if you're going to build these solutions, you can't do it alone. No. Right? Yeah. And you brought yeah. up you know, Verizon in the beginning saying that they're focusing on it as well. And I think that the operators realize that their vendors have to be open in order to build the solutions exactly. that work for their customers. No one's doing this on their own anymore. Nope. No. And, and uh, th this was a, the, the particular thing. This is what I've picked up so far. But this is, and like you, Gillian, I haven't wandered far from <laughs> yeah. this spot. <laughs> right. But what I've noticed, and, and but I have the luxury of, of interviewing uh, lots of people, and what they're saying to me has kind of come out of the blue a little bit this year is generative AI and the whole, when you talk about the hype cycle, yeah. like chat GPT is right at the top of the hype cycle right now. And that's what, that's what I'm seeing. So my next question is, and, and your thought leadership, Gillian, if we, when you come to do your four-timer <laughs> appearance yeah. on The Great Indoors, and it could be 12 months from now, back here in Barcelona, what do you think? What do you think we'll see then? Just as a, a guess, and, and well, not a guess, but just as a prediction, it doesn't have to be right or wrong. And I think we're going to see, um, so I know like the metaverse has been really hyped too, and I have a session on it tomorrow actually. Right. And I think we're going to see more what I'll call like enterprise metaverse experiences. Yeah. So not the metaverse in the sense that you're going to like build out the entire world and buy real estate and clothes and all that sort of stuff, yeah. but actually be able to, operators and enterprises, be able to bring their customers into something that they've built to show them, not just like demo it on a screen, but like show them what it actually means if they were to build this out. I see yeah. that as gonna be, it's been something that we've been working on at Dell and I, and I think that it's gonna be a theme of another space for good monetization for operators and vendors. I agree, totally agree. In Contra. my case, first of all, I think we're gonna see a lot of new players, okay. right? As the, the result of the opening uh, of the ecosystem, right? So we are, we're at the beginning of the process of opening up the, the telecom ecosystem in general. Things like Open RAN will help, will help a lot with that. In two years from now, I think it's going to be more solid. So we're going to start to see like new players either coming in as partners of big companies like Dell, like MDocs, like yeah. all the others uh, that are here, or individually, right? And uh, that's going to be kind of a second spike of innovation mm -hmm. in this industry, right? And yeah. talking about like the, the big topics of today, like AI and metaverse, it's all about applications. So I think that right now, yeah, we're at the top of the hype cycle. So you know what happens when we're at the top yeah, of the yeah, hype yeah, cycle? Yeah, yeah. We should be at a point of a little bit more balance as well. And yeah. 
talking about practical applications of that, right? Yeah. So, and especially like I've seen a lot happening already, like for example, in the medical field tied to uh, AR and VR applications. So I think that these type of, you know, real world applications of these buzzwords are yeah. gonna be more prominent two, three years from now. Yeah. I agree also, yeah, yeah. I agree also, it's really cool. Right, we're almost coming to the end. And I think Gillian knows what's coming now. It's the TGI to go. Oh, section. is this the rapid fire? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, Sandra, just just for yourself, this is where we do a rapid fire question. I'm going to give you two choices, mm -hmm. and you give me your preference of those two choices. Okay. And it's just a nice, fun way to end, and it helps our listeners understand a little bit more about you. Okay. So since you're the, the, the newbie, as it were, Sandra, we'll, we'll start with you. And you're going to get the same question, oh. uh, Gillian. You get more so. time to yeah, think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's been really funny is where I've had say, one of our customers with one of their uh, account guys, they, strangely, they have the same, oh, yeah. uh, the same yeah, preference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really strange. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how that happened. Unexpected. Right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. TGI to go. Okay, so let's start. Question number one on TGI to go. We're in Barcelona, of course. Picasso or Gaudi? Uh, Gaudi. Yeah. Have you had a chance to visit the Gaudi Park? And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, Picasso is great as well, but uh, yeah. especially like with the architecture yeah. work that Gaudi brought here to, to Barcelona and to the world. I mean, I, I love it. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Billion, Picasso or Gaudi? I would say Picasso. Ah. I feel like I just knew more about him and, you know, yeah. more exposed. Did you go to the museum? No, I haven't been to the museum okay. yet. Okay. So. Will you have time from drinking all this beer? Yeah, I know, it? right? I'll stumble over there at some point. <laughs> yeah. So we get into a food question now, and we'll start with you again, Sandro. Clam chowder or gazpacho? Clam chowder, all the yeah. way, yeah. But where, where do you live? In I live in Dallas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, yeah not a place known for its clam <laughs> yeah, chowder. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan okay. <laughs> of everything seafood. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Both. Oh, both. I feel like this is my, every time you give me a food question, the answer is both. I like food. So. <laughs> I'm from Boston, so if I have to pick clam chowder. Yeah. yeah. But you, it's okay, you can say both as okay. well. All right. Okay. Next first question will go to you, Gillian. Okay. Swimming or hiking? Hiking. Yeah? Yeah, I like getting outside, like swimming ruins my hair, as does this hat, but it's okay, right. so, but yeah. I, <laughs> I think the hat is probably one of the most spectacular hats I've seen. It's beautiful, and, it's phenomenal. Uh, I actually wear it all the time, you can ask him. I'm always on calls with it, so it's not just for show here. So. There we go. Time. There we go. The best brand ambassador we can have. Yeah. <laughs> Same question to you. Sandra. I like both, but swimming is my number one sport. So oh, I have to go, go swimming. Yeah. All yeah. right. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Now we're going to do a bit of a travel question. I know we're traveling and we're far from home and we're in Barcelona. But after Barcelona, if you had to go on vacation for a break, get over this, would you go to Greece or Italy? This one to you, Sandra. I would go to Italy, nothing against Greece, but I love Italy. So yeah, been there a few times and yeah, will always yeah. Be, be on to return, yeah. Any particular part of Italy? If I you like Tuscany. 
Okay. I love Tuscany uh, in general. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I haven't been to either. Um, I would say maybe Greece. I like the beaches. Are there beaches in Greece? In the well, the Greek islands are yeah, yeah wonderful for. By definition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. I'll go with that. I'm okay. not well traveled. He's super well traveled. We counted last year. I feel like how many countries yeah. you've been to. Yeah, it was I lost count. Wild. Wow. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay, and the final question for the podcast today and TGI to go. If you had to go out for dinner tonight with some individual, I'm going to give you those two individuals. Who would it be? Let's start with Jillian on oh, this Oh, goodness. One. Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg? Neither. <laughs> neither. You could say neither as well, by the way. I don't know. I'm not sure I have a lot in common with either of them. It right. could be hard to make conversation. But we had actually Mark Zuckerberg's sister, Randy Zuckerberg, on the podcast. Yeah. And she was the most delightful. I'm sure they're both individual. delightful. I'm yeah. sure they're both. I just don't know what I would say. So it's a good it's a good point actually, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like uh I, uh maybe Zuck if I had to choose. Maybe right. Zuck. I think I'd have a little more in common with him. Okay. So Excellent. But he's He's not from Boston. He's from New York, but he, but he went, went to, to Harvard. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. where Facebook was founded, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, the whole exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvard. Yeah. Harvard. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. pretty good, actually. Yeah. That was very good. Yeah. Larissa You're worthy like... of the clam chowder now. Yeah. <laughs> La- Larissa would love that. You know she's from Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's close. So, so the same question to you, Natana. Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg, dinner tonight on the Ramblers in Barcelona. Who would it be? Uh, it would be fun with both. I think I, I would... Yeah, I would go with Elon because then I can give some uh, feedback on my, on my cars. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, there you go. All right. That's cool. Yeah. So, listen, I want to thank you both for coming on again, Gillian, for you and for the first time for meeting you, uh, Sandro. It's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Is there any closing remarks or comments you'd like to leave for our listeners before we end today? Well, first of all, thanks for having us here. It's been really fun. And, yeah, my... Coming back to kind of the common thread of our discussion here is, let's get technology into action, right? So science fairs are, are cool, yeah. but nothing better than getting things done, right? And getting getting benefits to society out of technology. So yeah, let, let's work together, collaborate, and get get things into the hands of people that can benefit out of them. So yeah, excellent. Thank you, Sandra. Julian, totally, you're gonna bring it home. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I just totally agree. Like I love seeing things come together and it's going to be it's going to be hard i'll say that like even with this solution i had a lot of people like it's too hard it's too complicated it's too expensive but let's not make it hard complicated and expensive like we don't have to be like that we can even these massive companies like dell can can bring so much value without making it so hard complicated and expensive so i would say and I, and I love seeing it come together. Like when we had that solution up and running, I mean, I was I was thrilled, right? Yeah, like it's so nice can, to see yeah. it in practice. Yeah, It's wonderful. It's really good. Yeah. I'm going to come and have that, uh, that beer yeah, later on. Yeah, come this around. afternoon or today. Whenever. So thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see you again soon. Thank, thank you. you. And there we have it. We're finished in Spain. I can finally fly home to Canada, uh, but it's been just an incredible experience. And and what a great season finale. I want to thank Laura, Gillian, and Sandro uh, for that episode, because I think we've really brought it home in style. I also want to say thanks to all our guests on this groundbreaking 
first uh, to be able to bring TGI to MWC Barcelona uh, and record such great conversations. So thanks to each and every one of you. You've been quite simply magnificent. So with that said, visit our website, amdops.com forward slash The Great Indoors, where you can catch up on all these episodes we've recorded in Barcelona. And indeed, all the other episodes we've recorded over the last three years from Las Vegas, Sao Paulo, Los Angeles, uh, and all the great guests we've had. Um, at that website, you'll also find a cornucopia of assets and videos related to TGI. And in fact, check out our website to see our Barcelona highlight reel. It's fantastic. So that's it. I'm going. I'm out of here. I'm leaving Spain. Adios. And um, all that's left to say is I'm Matthew Roberts, Fat Amdocs in Barcelona, and I'll see you next time wherever you are. <laughs>